0: Times Like Now is an interview program, interviews with interesting people that are doing cool stuff. My name is Trevor Collins, and on this episode, I'm speaking with Hallie Shepard and Eric Colley from Fire Shoe Productions. They are a successful filmmaking duo with five feature films under their belts. Today we're talking about their new and latest feature film produced here in the Pacific Northwest entitled Bigfoot Killed My Wife on this episode of Times Like Now. Hello, Hallie and Eric. Thank you for joining me tonight on the program.
1: Thank you so much for having us on. We're excited.
0: Great to be here. How is everything? Uh, First question is, where are you guys based right now? Where are the two of you living
1: and doing work at? We're based uh, in Tacoma, so close to Seattle for our listeners from around the country. And we are on a couch. (laughs) (laughs) Currently. Currently on a couch talking to you.
0: Very well, Um, because yeah, when I had run into you initially, it was closer to the Vancouver, Washington. So now you're up north, and so Fire Shoe Productions. How did Fire Shoe get its start, and when and where?
2: Well, Fire Shoe uh, started. Gosh, how many years ago now?
1: Yeah, it's been over a decade. Our first film came out in 2009, a little suspense thriller, kind of horror, campy, fun film called GPS had to do with GPS treasure hunting. And then we went from there and we've, we're now on post-production for our fifth feature film.
0: Okay. Okay. And this new film, I'm excited about this. Tell me a little bit about, well, go ahead and share the name. I don't want to give anything away. You go ahead and tell us what you want about your latest production that you are currently posting. Is that correct? That
2: is correct. We're in post-production on a, comedy a very silly comedy called bigfoot killed my wife okay and the concept is i'll let hallie explain
1: (laughs) so eric is the director of this film and we came up with the story together because we really wanted to do a comedy we've done we did a world war ii drama we've done a crime drama suspense thriller and we've always wanted to do a comedy so we thought everybody loves bigfoot we love bigfoot let's do something that incorporates bigfoot So we came up with a story together and then I wrote the screenplay and what it's about is it's about a man and his wife who move to the country from the city and they're not getting along. They have a big argument. She storms outside and the man goes outside and finds her dead in the yard and sees Bigfoot running from the scene. And he, of course, is the one who gets accused of killing his wife and he gets arraigned and it's going you know he's going to be charged with a murder. So it's a story where some of his very eccentric friends and some locals come together to help him try to find Bigfoot to clear his name, but of course some some believe, some don't believe. It gets into all of that and it's just a really fun movie.
0: That sounds amazing. That sounds really funny and and yeah, how do you get Bigfoot to take the stand in that sort of situation? <laughs> um- uh, I'm sure you didn't film that scene, but uh, <laughs> well, so...
1: can't say yet.
0: <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, what is the timeline on this? When did you start this film? Well, it's a funny thing you should ask. Uh, most of the films
2: that we work on, this the pre-production or the planning, the development of a project can take years. And sometimes they come uh, together quite fast. And with this project, it started before the pandemic. And now we're in post well after for obvious reasons. And it was interesting because the first shoot that we were on, we were it was kind of that what it was like March. It was March.
1: It was middle of March.
2: And it was we were in a remote location with really bad cell service, barely had Internet. And we didn't really know what was going on in the outside world. So when we got out of that, uh, I think it was a week long shoot at that location and we got out. And found out people were saying, "Hey, there's no toilet paper available," and uh, there's the whole world had kind of shut down while we were on set. So uh, because of that, we went on basically a hiatus before we were
1: able to finish the film. Yeah, we had about two thirds of the film in the can when everything just shut down, and then we were just in limbo for a little while there, wondering when will we be able to come together and and shoot this, and how do we do it safely? So we did come together with the casting and crew reconvene, we shot it, you know, with a lot a lot of things different, of course, to do that safely. It was it was still relatively early. Um, it, things were opening up. People were starting to film again, but it it's it still was it was actually exciting. We'd been, you know, at home a lot. It was nice to see everybody. It was kind of a great thing to actually get to do something. But it was also there was a lot of things we had to take into consideration that we had not before. And one of those things is that we we're fortunate that the the third one-third of the story that we had left to film happened to be pretty much the last one-third. And when you're making a movie, you rarely have the opportunity to shoot in order. You might even shoot the last scene of the movie on day one or day two. We shot relatively consecutively. It just worked out with the way that different locations were, where we were grouping certain scenes and actors together when you create the schedule, that we were able to shoot almost in order. So because of that, we were able to make some adjustments to the script to move certain scenes that were supposed to be indoors to the outdoors to make it just more safe.
0: Sure. So a little bit more about, uh, go back in time a little bit to some of your past films. Uh, you once had an opportunity to work with, uh, with Cuba Gooding Jr. I believe.
2: Correct. However, I will say that, uh, he pronounces his name Cuba, just like the country. And he,
0: he told you this himself. I suppose we can count on that.
1: (laughs) From the source. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I I, forgive me. I, I, I've always heard Cuba, but Oh, anyway Um, you worked on a, a movie with him. This was his directorial debut called Bayou caviar. When and where was that movie produced?
1: Yeah, our company produced that. So there are times where we're very, typically, we're very involved in the creative aspect of filmmaking. Eric's a director. We're both writers. We edit. We also are producers and we're also actors as well. In this case, we were more on the logistical end of that. We were producing that. We brought financing. um, We were in the planning and the post production and delivery of that film. So in this case, another writer had written a script and it was acquired. And Cuba was attached to direct it. And we came on board and produced it. And that was in the summer of 2017. We shot in New Orleans, which really gives the film a really cool look. There's such great architecture there that just, just it's almost like its own character.
2: It's beautiful. You could shoot, point the camera almost any direction, and it just looks amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: I've I've seen movies from, and you're absolutely right, when a location becomes another character uh, like New York. You hear that about New York as well. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So that was the summer of 2017 that we filmed that. And that film, I believe came out in the fall of 2018. It had a small theater run and it was on airplanes and in hotels. And then it went to stars and now it's on Hulu.
0: And the, uh, another movie that you have that's out in, in one of the streaming uh, services. I, I'm not sure which streaming service it is. Maybe you can help me on that. The uh, the one that you were acting in. Last seen in Idaho. That's the one. Last seen in <laughs> Idaho. Where can people see that? I know that's still out in circulation, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that premiered on Showtime and then it had its two-year run there. And now it's found a home on Peacock. Okay. So yeah, that's something that you can go watch. That film was shot here locally. We shot shot a fair amount of that actually here in Tacoma and it was all shot in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Yeah, that is the only film of yours that I've had opportunity to see. And and I really did enjoy that one Uh, rather unique and it's, you guys really are a a power duo being behind the camera in front of the camera behind the scenes. Where is. is your, where did your individually or collectively, how did you get into making films before before your five that you have made, um, where did you come from into, and how did you get into the business?
2: Well, let's see. I started when I was just a kid uh, with my eight millimeter video camera. I guess it wasn't video; it was film, and it had no sound. And we were just this <laughs> really aging myself here, but we were shooting footage in. I think it was like three minute reels, maybe five minutes at the most. And we would ship them off and hope that they come back in eight weeks and check out the footage. We would basically edit in camera and eventually video cameras did come out. And we got one of those video cameras with a huge cassette tape that goes into the side of it and uh, continued shooting really kind of skit material short films, I guess. And this was well before YouTube. Uh, if, if, you, <laughs> if YouTube had existed when I was a, a teenager, it'd probably be a whole different world. But uh, so then we, I, I moved on to uh, develop feature projects that I worked hard on uh, trying to fund and produce. And that's when I met Hallie on the very first film. And we partnered up. And that's kind of how we started Fireshoot Productions.
1: Similar to Eric, I was also as a young person, always really interested in writing little short films. And for me, I was shooting on a VHS camcorder or writing plays and staging them at the school. I, I grew up in a very small town. We actually shot parts of Bigfoot Killed Kill My Wife in my hometown of Winlock, which was kind of special to get to go back there and There were some people that were involved or helped us with locations, you know, from, you know, that I've known since I was a kid. So it was, it was special on a personal level. All films, you know, are special in their different way. And, um, but this one kind of had a full circle feel to it. We even filmed one of the major locations was actually the house that I grew up in. So, I'm kind of excited about that. I, I think that it makes a great location, but it's also kind of just a fun, nostalgic thing for me. I'm a very nostalgic person. But growing up, that was just kind of something I did as a hobby on the side. Being that it was a small town, there wasn't like a community theater or a lot of opportunities in the arts. I was more focused on sports. And then when I went to Western Washington University and I got an English degree and my senior year, I started acting in theater. And it was after I graduated that I just jumped into the Seattle film scene and I met Eric and we teamed up and our first project was actually a short film that played at the Seattle film festival. And then we did another short and then we moved to our first feature.
0: Yeah. I was going to say there was a, a fairly rapid, um, a rapid, uh, upward mobility there, a rapid movement into from two short films into a feature and then five features, um,
1: <laughs> it seems rapid to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> feels like it's been a long haul for us.
0: <laughs> I guess it is easier to describe it than than the, <laughs> the long the long uh, the long walk through that journey. But it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like you guys really enjoy what you're doing. It has to be a labor of love, uh, and and goes back to your childhood. What is next for the project that you're on right now for Bigfoot?
1: Well, we're just finalizing the very final stages of post-production, which is the sound design and the music and some digital effects and coloring. And so we're very, very close on that being done. And then after that, we will find the right home for it. So we don't... um, Sometimes when we actually go into production on a film, we already are working with a distributor. And so we already have some of those distribution plans in place. Or we actually have a couple projects in development um, down in LA with studios attached. So sometimes you know what home a project is going to end up, where it's going to end up. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you make it, and and then you talk to different streaming networks and different buyers, and it, it can go a different way. Like with Last Seen in Idaho, we didn't know that Showtime was going to be where it was premiered and where we found its home. So we don't know yet where Bigfoot Kill My Wife will eventually premiere, but it will eventually premiere. <laughs> And you can all watch it and laugh.
0: I'm looking forward to that one for sure. You mentioned other projects in Los Angeles. Uh, You are obviously (laughs) quite busy lately. Um, Have you been traveling down to LA, or you've been working from here?
1: We've been working from here, but we are talking about going down there very soon. Uh, It's different, right? A lot of things are virtual right now in LA that didn't used to be. So a lot of things are starting have opened up, but then of course they tend to then re down. But yeah, a lot of stuff that it, it's interesting because we have always been based out of the Seattle area, but we've traveled to LA frequently le- after the pandemic, not so frequently, but there have been some drawbacks to not being based there. And there's been some advantages being here in this area. We have a lot of resources when we film locally, people get excited and they get behind you. Um, But because of the pandemic, that's made some things difficult and it's made some things actually not almost like easier for filmmakers that aren't based in L.A. because people don't always expect you to be there for those meetings anymore.
0: Are these projects things that you are producing or writing or acting in or or a combination of all what uh, what are you going to be doing here?
2: Yeah, we have a few projects uh, that we have written that we're. Uh, working with different uh, companies with. There's two specific uh, projects that I think Hallie's referring to that have been in development for, uh, well, before before COVID, basically. Yeah, hit. before COVID. And so one of them uh, is a remake of an old movie that we can't mention what it is, but it's a very well-known uh, film that was very successful in. The past and uh uh it is a we're working on Can you can you give me a, an era of the past? <laughs> um I will say it's a Western.
0: That's fair enough. That's good enough. Okay. It's an old
2: western. <laughs> so, so that gives you a, a, a rough rough idea. But uh it uh, it is uh we initially were talking about doing it as a movie and now it's moved more into a limited series. So the mm-hmm the streaming networks has really changed a lot of what is wanted and what the viewers are excited about and what is doing well for uh, many of the streaming networks so
1: yeah i mean we find ourselves watching a lot of limited series these days i don't know if if you do as well or if you're watching a lot of we still watch movies but there's just so much great tv content as well now
0: yeah i've been obviously because of the winter where i'm at here in bellingham area uh, between that and COVID, yes, a lot of uh, streaming of Queens uh, Gambit and um, mm, great show, some some others, uh, Ozarks and some of the others. Yeah, yeah, really been enjoying the variety that you used to not have before these streaming services, and that does obviously open up the field for producers like yourself and like many others. Uh, it really has brought out a lot of talent that may not have ever been seen before.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot more networks, a lot more streaming options. There's just a lot more ways to get your content seen, even if it's just a small avenue that might be a YouTube channel or uh, some other kind of streaming uh, Internet based technology. There's just so many ways to get your artistry out there, which is exciting for anyone who wants to put a project together and get it seen by others. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're making money off of it, <laughs> but at least you're getting it uh, seen by other people so you can kind of enjoy the work and let other people hopefully enjoy what you've created as well.
0: As well as the learning that is going on and the networking that you're doing at those times and the, you know, the the exposure of course is is the main goal is to get your work out there, but you're also meeting people and learning at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah. Really, really uh, looking forward to going back. I want to go look at some of your past films as well. Um, I did see the one last scene in Idaho, but I'm looking forward to do some research on some of those. I don't have all the streaming networks, but maybe we can talk more and <laughs> tell me where I can find some things. Um, which brings me to where might people find, Examples of your work, um, what is the website? And
1: Yeah, so fireshoe.com, our company is Fireshoe Productions. And if you go there, you can find all the information on the past films that we've made and where you can view them right now. Fire, as in something's not your house is on fire and then shoe like what you wear on your foot.
0: In, okay. ca- in case
1: in case you, it was hard to it's kind of a, <laughs> it's not a real word so we kind of like to either spell it or give people something to anchor them to what i'm even saying
0: <laughs> sure sure um tell me a little bit more about the i guess i'm more interested in right now in the the northwest film scene you're a part of it in this area uh be- do you do anything in portland i know portland has quite a, a a culture of film as well. Do you do anything, or have you done much in Portland area?
2: Well, we haven't done a lot in Portland actually, uh, but we are aware of the growing and uh, active community there. We shot uh, Bigfoot Killed My Wife in Winlock area, which is kind of in between Seattle and Portland, and a lot of our crew came out of Portland, mm-hmm. and there was just a lot of talented people there. So. It is definitely a growing industry. I think Oregon has more film incentives than Washington at the moment. And I think that's one of the reasons they've had such growth there.
1: And by film incentives, uh, what we mean is the tax incentives that entice filmmakers to come into an area and to film there, because by spending money into the community, into the state, you essentially get a kickback on tax incentives. So the larger a pool of tax incentive in a state, the more it will attract filmmaking. So we haven't produced a film in Portland, but like Eric said, we've used crew there. But we have also acted in some films that were in Oregon. We both acted in a film uh, called Losing Addison that was filmed in Portland at a really cool old classic courthouse is where my scenes were at. And that should be coming out later this year. And then Eric, you had one other in Oregon. Yes. The the pro- <laughs> <laughs> it, this was, is it was true prodigy. Like, the is it the prodigy or prodigy? I think it's just called get, prodigy. Okay, because there was also a famous movie. It's basically what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> this one's not quite as famous as the other one. Prodigy. Yes.
2: Prodigy, not the horror film, but the, okay. The sci-fi yes, I.
0: Film. <laughs> I worked in. Uh, I worked in. Short films, feature films in Portland for, oh, I'd say from 1997 till, I don't know, about, well, not too long ago, really, uh, worked in uh, in Portland on a lot of films. Five feature films I worked on in that time. A lot of great crew in Portland. And actually, I went with the what's called the Oregon Media Producers Association, the Guild of OMPA. We went to Salem, and we had a full day of... Uh, kind of promoting the film industry to those folks in Salem at the Capitol to get some of those kickbacks and incentives that you're speaking of. Um, I was right on the front lines helping the Oregon film industry get that tax, uh, tax benefit because for years, I would speak to film crews from Los Angeles and meet film producers from other places. And they would love to be filming in Portland, but all the work was going up to Vancouver, British Columbia because of those incentives to the industry. And obviously Portland caught on to the idea and Oregon caught on to the idea and is now doing very well in that. But so many great films filmed in Oregon. That's what we were reminding the, uh, the lawmakers that, film is an industry that has wings and it has a lot of traction in other industries. And we just had to remind them about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And when you guys got those incentives increased or passed, do you feel like that was definitely the turning point of the growth? Oh,
0: very much, very much. When I was in the film industry and working uh, during the season, during the spring and summer, when the weather's nice, this was before leverage before grim before portlandia obviously none of those things were there so we had to scrap and scrape and we'd get a occasional feature film or somebody coming from out of state who knows the area and wants to to be a part of that but after the incentive and after the laws changed the doors opened up absolutely that's great yeah what um, what have you found uh, to be, I guess, beneficial to the film industry in the Seattle area uh, locations, of course. But what have you found in your experience working with crews and with producers and other industry in Seattle?
2: Well, initially, well, Hallie and I got together what what year was that we're not well, going to talk we're not going to talk it years. was a while ago and, <laughs> uh, we went we, over this eric we, we, we met at a networking meeting uh that was uh com. it was lots of local uh organizations were all over the world and there was one in seattle and we met there and it was great networking environment you know there's like a 100 or so people that would show up and we would show what people are working on. Hey, here's a clip from a project I'm working on, or, you know, uh, we would have guest speakers and, and talk about, you know, what is going on in the, uh, the industry basically locally and try and network and try and get together on each other's projects. So,
1: and that was an organization organization that Eric started.
2: Yeah. A long time ago. Oh yeah. Um, he's
1: not, he's not giving himself credit, but it's <laughs> a pretty large organization and he started it. And that's actually where I met him was at one of those meetings.
2: But, uh, we haven't had those meetings in a while, partially because <laughs> we're busy making <laughs> we're movies. We're busy, but and uh, I think the the lady that was running them at the time uh, got busy as well. So, but there there are still amazing you know resources here, and even more so with all the different social uh, media and websites and and different networking tools that are available. So, uh, as far as what is the the environment, like, I'm not 100% sure because we're not 100% in it. Uh, a lot of our projects are, I guess, some
1: of them even... originate out of LA with our connections there. And we filmed Bayou Caviar in New Orleans. We filmed a World War II film called The Last Rescue in Alabama. And we did film Lasting Idaho and in Bayou Caviar. I mean, not by Lasting Idaho and in Bigfoot here, as well as our first film. But um, some of these other projects, it just depends. We go where we go where the opportunity is, but we love when we can work local because there are some really talented people here, both cast and crew. And we grew up here. So we just have resources even outside of the film industry whenever you need something, like oh, I'm looking for this. You can ask your friends and they're like, I know somebody who has this. It's helpful.
0: <laughs> right, right. And in fact, I've I've made a few short films and of my own and and whenever or music video, for instance, whenever I'm looking for an idea for a story or for a product, for a project, sometimes it's, what do I have around me? Who do I know that has something that I could write a story about, you exactly. know, a yeah. or a, or a prop or a, or a unique, I don't know, something, something. Um, and yeah, using your connections is, is all, is all a part of the game at least the independent level that I'm at. That's the way we do it. Absolutely. Yeah. really, really looking forward to to the Bigfoot story. Uh, do you guys have a maybe a tentative timeline?
2: Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping to somewhere. have it uh, completed in the next uh, couple months, and then we will be talking to distributors, and then we will hopefully, hopefully, it'll have some kind of release uh, later in the year.
0: Yeah, the, the, yeah, that's right. We are still early in the year. I forgot <laughs> yeah. we're in January now. Excellent. Really looking forward to it. Um, where could people find you guys mentioned fire shoe productions.com.
2: Uh, just fireshoe.com, F i r e s h o e F I R E S H O E.com. And we okay. will link off uh, once it's up to the Bigfoot website as well, which we'll talk more about that specific film.
0: Excellent. Well, I wish you guys so much luck. I can't wait to see some of the the movies of your past. And of course, I can't wait to see Bigfoot Killed My Wife. Really looking forward to this one.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. We really enjoyed being on your show as well.
0: Thanks, Trevor. Well, yeah, um, if you do have a chance, go back, look at some or listen to some of the past shows that I've done. I've interviewed some other people from the Portland film industry, uh, makeup people as well. And yeah. Go back and look at some of the past episodes of times like now. I'm now doing shows once per month because um, it was a little overwhelming for a full year of one episode a week. Um, <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, we actually we, we,
1: we were we did listen to a couple of your more recent ones, the cannabis industry one and the ho- hockey, the Kraken uh, mm-hmm. guy. Those are really mm-hmm. interesting, but we'll have to scroll back through and find the ones about the Portland film people.
0: Yeah, yeah, a makeup artist uh, in particular is coming to mind. Um, great storyteller, and, and she worked on Grimm, among other things. So thank you once again, Hallie and Eric. Really do appreciate your time, and thank you for being a guest today. Thank, right. you, thank you so, so much. much. Past episodes of Times Like Now can be heard wherever you get your podcasts. For the last year, I've been doing an episode every week. I am now reverting to once monthly. Wherever you hear your podcasts as well as Pacifica Radio Networks. My name is Trevor Collins, and I can be reached, Trevor, at times like now. A special thank you to the letter J, Cody Robertson, for original music. Thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to speaking with you all next time.